welcome to the first edition of the Transcript Podcast. This will be hopefully something that we do every week. Eric Mokaya and myself, Eric is our lead author of the Transcript, and I am the editor of the Transcript. We have been blessed with a lot of readers, a growing readership over the years. This is something we started, I think, in 2013, something like that. And we have almost 10,000 readers across all our platforms now of the Transcript. We recognize this is a pretty niche product. People really like it who are in the industry and love reading transcripts. Eric Mokaya and I love this work. We get a lot out of it. We learn a lot about what's going on in the economy. And I think the people who have been reading our work really love it, just the feedback that we get too. So we're hoping to expand here, just kind of like expand interaction with readers and hope to give you guys a little bit more content. So welcome. And this is an experiment and we're, we're excited to be here. So Makaya, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Uh, I'm excited also to see what uh, goes with it. So we've been looking forward to this to where we can get uh, some time to expound on some of the key quotes that we uh, highlighted throughout the week. So I think we can get started. Uh, do you want to start us off with what your quote for the year? Yeah, sounds good. So I think right now it's been a light week last week in terms of companies speaking. Uh, I'll pick up this week. And so we figured we would go back to our recap of 2020 and just talk about a few of our favorite quotes. And so this is a quest for the quote of the year. The first quote that I would say is my quote of the year was one that actually Makaya picked up on March 9th or in our March 9th piece that was from the WHO director Tedros Adhanom. I don't actually know how to pronounce that, but he said, this is not a drill. This is not the time to give up. This is not a time for excuses. This is a time for pulling out all the stops. This is a serious disease. That's the quote of the year, because I think the theme of the year was obviously COVID and what it did to the global economy and all of us personally around the world had a huge impact on people. And I think up until early March, there was still a question of how big of a deal this would be. And I think in early March, financial markets and all of us realized that this was not a drill. And I think that's what he caught in that quote very aptly. And it just kind of summed up the whole year for me. Yeah, for me, I think it's about the compressed growth timelines. I think uh, a lot of companies that you've picked up throughout the year have been reasserting how the growth uh, trajectories that they're projected to take 10 years have been compressed to three months to a year, and especially one of the other things that we noted was the fast cloud and digital adoption, especially to do with digital penetration. So I think the Adidas CEO captured it well when he said like the lockdown has led to a step change in digital penetration. So consumers are shifting to online faster than before. And more than a third of their sales now have become e-com and the partners are all digital and all. So a lot of companies captures this. And I think this is a theme that we'd expect to play out as we head into 2021 also. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that that theme touches on a few other themes as well that we picked up throughout the year in terms of how much faster the economy was moving because of COVID and specifically things that touched the digital economy. And I think one of the great consequences of COVID was this K-shaped recovery that people talked about where the winners were winning bigger And there were all of these lagging, losing industries like restaurants and airlines and things like that that weren't keeping pace. And, you know, the the digital economy was exploding. There was actually a quote that I picked up on the 28th. It's from Blackstone, Executive Vice Chairman Tony James, where he talks about one of the things to happen out of COVID is the winners win bigger. Um, I think that that is a massive, massively important 
change from COVID or thing that happened in 2020. Just to expand on that for a second, one of the main reasons that that is so important is because what it's doing from a policy standpoint to financial markets as well, where the Fed feels justified in holding rates extremely low because there is this you know, portion of the economy that is not keeping pace with the winners and the winners are benefiting from extremely low interest rates. So I think that's key. I think a question that I would uh, want to answer maybe this year is the winners, were they winning because of a pull forward in demand or it's actually like the total addressable market has actually grown. So I think that's a key question to ask, like if they have pulled forward the demand, then it means that they may have a tougher year, like replicating some of the growth numbers that we saw last year. So I think yeah. added on that also, like is the bottlenecks in the supply chains that we've noted throughout the year that companies are having serious issues trying to uh, get the product to the final consumer. So I think that has been, that's a notable point that may impact uh, the performance of, especially industrial and manufacturing companies in the first uh, half of 2021. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, the, the supply chain is really interesting because it's kind of where the digital meets the physical. And it's easy to think that, you know, we're just pressing buttons and, you know, getting things delivered to our homes today. But it's easy to forget that there's a lot of physical infrastructure, especially in transports, that goes into that, you know, down to trains. And I think I was going to say in terms of like the demand pull forward, I was going to talk about a little bit how, you know, it's, it's a double thing where we were already moving towards digitization and living lives on the Internet and things like that. And this just gave us a really good reason to drag along industries that hadn't been dragged along into the e-commerce revolution. So like, you know, telemedicine for one uh, is a really uh, interesting one. Grocery delivery is another one that had been like a huge laggard, but is now taking a lot more share. I think we still remain in this like multi-decade secular massive change in the way that information and commerce is being disseminated. That's really on par with things that happened in the 19th century with transports and trains. And, you know, we're just seeing that like there are still frontiers that the internet didn't hit and is is finally permeating here, I think, thanks to coronavirus. Yeah, definitely. I think and that one of the thing, themes that's also like a final maybe point for me would be about the consumer who's generally also been doing very well, despite like the pandemic and despite the issues that we've seen throughout the year. So I think as we ended the year, a lot of the banks especially were pointing out that the consumer is strong and is spending a lot on digital. They also have seen a lot of pent-up demand in terms of travel, uh, which they hope at least to harness once the vaccines are here. As we ended up, they ended the year and got this very good news that we have a couple of vaccines that are on the pipeline and some that are being disseminated right now. So I think we ended the year on a very positive note. And I think that's where we start this year, uh, even though things um, may not be flowing in the same direction that we thought they would. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think like anybody who was sitting in March and April of last year and trying to forecast where the year would end and 2021 would begin would have been very surprised to know where we ended up. I think a lot of companies were forecasting an improvement in the second half at that time, but I think it was predicated on on virus growth slowing, and we certainly haven't seen that. So even despite the fact that the virus has continued to spread, we just kind of have learned to live in a world where we can have economic production 
even despite a pandemic. And the consumer, you know, the champion of 2020, the champion of the last three, four decades, it's just, you can't, you can't stop the consumer, <laughs> but keep on spending, keep on buying. And it's, it's really amazing to watch that engine just keep moving. So yeah, that, that certainly has been a surprise. I think along with that surprise has to me just been housing, especially as the driver of that, where you've got like, I, I think we picked up Toll Brothers CEO, or maybe it was uh, DR Horton just talking about how this is actually the strongest housing market in his career, bar none, including 2005, which is really, really crazy to think about we're in a stronger housing market right now than at the top of the housing bubble. So I would want to ask, like, what are you keeping an eye on? Because the earnings season is starting in earnest this week. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the main thing that I'll be reading for this week are indications of how companies are thinking about the changing political environment. I think there was a big surprise last week in terms of Democrats taking over control of the Senate. And I also think, obviously, on January 20th, we're going to be getting a new president. I think it's understated today how much policy impacts markets. But you know, change in government can be a major catalyst for changes in, in market structure and market prices. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's still a huge unknown until the Democrats show their hand of what they're going to be doing with power or if they can even get anything accomplished with, with fractured power. But I expect that to be a pretty significant catalyst in 2021 whenever we find out exactly what the next administration looks like. Right. I'll be keeping an eye, especially on the banks and their credit losses. I'm keeping an eye on the provisions that they're making, if they're drawing down on them or if they're increasing also in that regard. So I think this and next week could be a very interesting one as the banks set the pace for the rest of the uh, quarterly earnings season. Yeah. What's your expectation? What do you think the banks will do? I think it's going to be a brutal, especially in the first half of the year. Uh, but I think... Uh, I would expect in the second half of the year for them to recover quite quickly. I think people are going to be surprised that they over-provisioned in 2020. Why do you think so? I just think you think back to the psychology in March, in the first quarter and then the second quarter when they were deciding on the provisions. And, you know, a lot of the commentary in those quarters was we've basically like, you know, provisioned for 30% losses in GDP. Like they provisioned for the worst case. And I think we've got like, we're way out of recession at this point. And so, you know, credit losses, I don't expect to, uh, to materialize to the point that they had provisioned for. So that could be a positive catalyst for the banks. I think that was a great rundown of what we're looking for and our favorite quotes from last year. And we're looking forward to uh, continuing this podcast going forward. One thing that we want to invite is for readers to go ahead and send in comments or questions. We would love to feature a reader question or two uh, weekly on our podcast. And so if you have any questions for us, please feel free to reach out. You can reply to the email that you get weekly or email us directly at admin at theweeklytranscript.com. Again, it's admin at theweeklytranscript.com. And we're excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you.